This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hey, I want to start by reading Hebrews 4, verse 14, and then I'll go to the scripture that I gave the people in the media. I'm a nightmare for the guys in the media department. Okay, it's Hebrews 4, verse 14. Since we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, based on this, with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's interesting that it doesn't say that we go to the throne of grace to look for mercy. It doesn't say that we go to the throne of grace to in search of grace or mercy. It says that we come to the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness, so that we will receive, that we will receive mercy and that we will find grace. So as we approach the throne of grace, and I want you to keep that portion of scripture um, in mind as we go to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah is one of the second last book in the Old Testament, and you can go to chapter 3. Okay, before we, are you there? Have you scrolled there? Is it up there? Okay, great. Before we read, let's pray. Wow, God, I just want to thank you, Father, that that you've already started moving in our midst, God. I thank you, Lord, that you've already confirmed the word, even through that first song, God, of better is one day in your courts and better is one day in your house, God. And thank you, Lord, that you've already drawn us to your throne of grace, God. That you've already drawn us into your very presence and manifested yourself to us. I thank you, Lord, that you've already set people free from, from stuff that cyclical generational stuff, God. And I thank you, you've already stopped for two people, God. I thank you, Lord, for Tobias and Natalie that's getting married, God. I just want to thank you. You are, you are doing such great things in our midst, God, and we just want to honor you for that. And make sure that we give you the honor and the praise for that, God. And as we now turn to your word, I pray, God, that Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you will take my words, that you will give them life, that you will embody them with your spirit, God. And the words that I speak will be words of spirit and life that is received and penetrates deep into the hearts of these precious, precious brothers and sisters. I pray, God, for your grace to receive your word with humility and meekness. I pray for the intent to mix it with faith, that it will profit us much. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Time, lady, how much time? 35. Okay, that's not too bad. 
Okay. Okay, let's just, uh, the book of, the book of Zechariah. Um, Zechariah is a prophet and basically the whole book of, just want to give you some context. It's basically seven, seven visions or seven visionary prophecies. And, uh, the one that we're going to read is, is the fourth one. It's often, some biblical scholars call it the hinge, ver- the hinge vision because it's right in the middle of seven, three on each side of it. And, uh, so here is a prophet, he, he was a prophet that prophesied in the times of Zerubbabel, the Israelites or the tribe of Judah actually was just released out of Babylonian captivity and Zerubbabel led the first, the first drove of people, the first exodus out of Babylonian exile back to Jerusalem. They started reestablishing, building, re- rebuilding the temple under Zerubbabel and it's in this time that Zechariah the prophet prophesies. Um, and where, when we talk about Joshua, the high priest, not to be confused with Joshua, that was the assistant to Moses. 20 minutes. Wow, that 15 minutes went quickly. Time just flies when you're having fun. Okay. Okay, now I'll have to rush. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, now you don't get the context. Now I'll just have, go and find it out for yourself. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, but this is not the same Joshua as Joshua and Moses. This is Joshua. He was a high priest. It doesn't say much of him. You'll read also about him in Ezra chapter 5, where it speaks about, and also in Haggai. Haggai was also one of the prophets in this time that prophesied into this context. Now, as I said, basically seven visionary or visions that we handle as prophecies. And uh, Zechariah, the first one was... In Zechariah 1, basically had to do with all the nations and, and God spoke about all the nations that were asleep, that were at rest, that uh, were so confident and self-sufficient and they didn't look for him. Then the second prophecy has more to do with Israel and how God has been for about 70 years, it seems like God has been angry with Israel and Judah because of, the, you know, their separation and he, he put them in exile and after that, the Lord started speaking again how He will restore Jerusalem and Jerusalem will be once again known. It will be a city without walls and because it will be so big that it won't be able to contain all the people that God will send there. And then the third vision basically goes about Jerusalem specifically and once again tells the people and prophesies to the people that God will once again restore not only Israel but Jerusalem. And then... The, this hinge prophecy or vision right in the middle. And uh, what's peculiar about this prophecy is Zechariah does not only get the prophecy, but he is actually inside of the prophecy and he actually partakes in the prophecy. And we'll get to that in a moment or two. So here is Joshua. Um, if you read from the Hebrew Bible, it will most probably say Yeshua, the same name as Jesus Yeshua, the high priest, and can you already begin to make little little connections as a type where Yeshua or Joshua, the high priest, um, is also in this prophecy, a type of Christ, but we'll get to that. But then it, let's read from verse chapter 3, verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan, the accuser, standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. 
is not this a brand plucked from the fire? I'm reading from the ESV. It might read slightly different from on the screen. Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed with filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove the filthy garment from him. And to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you, and I will clothe you with pure vestments. Some translation says rich garments. And I said, that is now Zechariah that is taking that is taking part in this prophecy. Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. And the angel of the Lord solemnly assured Joshua, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts. Remember what we sang. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house. And I will give you the right of access among these who are standing here. Hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your friends who sit before you, for they are men who are a sign. Behold, I will bring my servant, the branch, referring to Jesus. For behold, on the stone that I have set before Joshua, on a single stone with seven eyes, I will engrave its inscription, declares the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of this land in a single day. And in that day, declares the Lord of hosts, every one of you will invite his neighbor to come under his vine and under his fig tree. Okay, so let's jump straight on to, firstly, it says, and Joshua the high priest standing before the Lord. And this is what I want to encourage us tonight, is that there is the thing that the Lord wants us, the Lord desires us, to appear, to present ourselves before Him. He has made a way through Jesus Christ that we can actually come to the throne of grace. Before Jesus' atoning work at the cross, we could not. They had to have a high priest in the Old Testament and the high priest would have, and the priest would have daily sacrifices. But on the day of atonement, there was a special day once a year when the high priest had to go not only into the holy place, but into the holy of holies. It was the only day that the, that the high priest did not wear his full garb with all, with the effort, with the, with its twelve stones of the twelve tribes and a magnificent costume that he wore with, with shoulder. I, I don't know how many of you guys would like to have shoulder pads full of, full of stones. But in those days, you know, even the turban on his head was a, a bluish kind of turban and it had a gold flower on it, a, power, a flower of pure gold and on it was inscribed, holy unto the Lord. But it was the one day that the high priest stripped down and he only had a garment on, a linen garment, and he went into the Holy of Holies, which was quite a, a thing. First he had to make atonement for his own sin. And then he also had to make atonement for the sins of the people because he had to present, represent the people before God in the Holy of Holies. And he would walk into the Holy of Holies having made atonement for his own sins and he would walk with the atoning blood for the people and he would pour it onto the mercy seat and pray to God that he didn't die. Because if there's anything out of place in his life at that stage, he would die. So you're a picture which is already peculiar is a high priest in the Holy of Holies, and he said that there was filthy garments, which was a problem. 
and I'll get to that in a moment, but let's just deal with Satan for a moment so that we can get him out of the way. The word Satan is simply translated there in the Hebrew Bible as accuser. The accuser, he stands there simply to accuse Joshua of a lot of stuff. The, the, the enemy is still called, the devil is still called the accuser of the brethren. So he is there simply to set his case. And here's the, here's the thing, he didn't have to lie. Because obviously Joshua being a person, he would have a multitude of sin. And so often when we, even when we follow the Lord, you know, whenever Satan accuses us, he's most probably right. He's most probably accurate in his, he'll most probably exaggerate a little bit and lie a couple of things. But, you know, he would just describe your life and he would be fairly right in the things that he accused you of. But here's the beautiful thing that as Joshua the high priest Before the Lord even looks at Joshua the high priest, before he even pays a little bit of attention to him, he turns to Satan and it's almost like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here to accuse my servant? Who are you to accuse my servant? The Lord rebukes you. Even the Lord that chose Jerusalem, that that chose his people, he rebukes you. And who are you? Who are you to come and accuse my people before me? And this is the beauty, even more so in the new covenant, that as we come to the throne of grace, that thing is settled. That thing is settled. Satan has been rebuked. He has been shunned. He is not, he is not a factor in your encounter with God. A lot of people think that he is a determining factor in our encounters with God. While the Bible clearly states that we can come freely and with confidence to the throne of grace. We don't have to clean up first. We don't have to sort out our life first. We can come as we are because as we come before Him, we are cleansed. We receive mercy. We receive mercy for for sins we've committed, for stuff that we've done wrong. We receive the mercy and we find the grace that we need to live the life that He has called us to. So here's what we need to understand. As soon as we are in the presence of God, Satan is not a factor. While we don't appear before God, he can accuse you on earth. He can condemn you. He can tell you stories. He can work through people and he can, he can pretty much make a case against you. And he won't be wrong. But here's the thing. The quicker we appear before the judge... The quicker we negotiate with Jesus, our advocate, the quicker we realize that those accusations are evil, are empty threats from someone that wants to threaten us and condemn us, but he doesn't have the power to do so because of Jesus. So we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And here's the thing that Joshua came before the Lord and he had filthy garments. The Lord doesn't really speak to him about his filthy garments. The Lord just instructs, or the angel just instructs him. He says, okay, take off his filthy garments. Get rid of them. And then he doesn't leave him naked. He doesn't leave him exposed. He doesn't even leave him, okay, just give him something that is similar but just clean. He says, put on him rich garments. (laughs) Pure vestments. Here's the beauty. When we appear before the Lord... In His presence, He deals with our sin. He cleanses us from all iniquity, 
But he doesn't just leave us as we are. Every time I want to say to you that every time that we are in the presence of God, we leave better than when we came in. Every single encounter leaves you better than when you came in. There is not a day in your life, not a day, not a moment in your life when you spend time with the Lord, when you encounter, when you come boldly to the throne of grace, that you will leave in a worse state than when you came in. Never. Not once. And it says, And the angel said to those who are standing before him, Remove the filthy garment from him. And to him he said, Behold, I've taken your iniquities away from you and will clothe you with pure vestments. And then Zechariah the prophet says, Okay, but this is not enough. Put a, put a, put a turban on his head. Put a clean turban on his head. And the turban clearly speaks of his role as a high priest. I, I, I truly believe that every time that we are in the presence of God, when we, we are cleansed of our sins, when we are dealt rich garments for filthy garments, the divine exchange, beautiful ashes, oil of joy for mourning, garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Every time in His presence there is a divine exchange. Every time. And, it's not, and He wants not only to cleanse you, but He also wants to tell you, you are my priest. You're part of the priesthood. You're proud of the Melchizedek priesthood of who Jesus is our eternal high priest. And you are part of that priesthood. Here's the beauty. He also says the following. Let him put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. And the angel of the Lord solemnly assured Joshua. There's this assurance when we are in the presence of God that God assures us that we are cleansed. He assures us that we have a place in His courts. We have a place in His household. And it's not just to be there. Listen to what He says to Joshua. He says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in My ways and you will keep My charge, then you shall rule My house. The Lord only not, doesn't only call us to priesthood, but He calls us to rulership. A nation of kings and priests. The thing about Melchizedek, he was both king and priest of Salem. God always wanted for Himself a nation of kings and priests. And He was talking about the same people. In Christ Jesus, the, after the, the priesthood of Melchizedek, Melchizedek was an anomaly in in Israel, in Middle Eastern time, you could not be a priest and a king. And yet, Melchizedek, this king of Salem, who they don't know where he came from, I believe it was a, a pre, a type of Jesus Christ, but he was both king and priest. And that is always what Jesus wants for us. God not only wants you to be part of his royal priesthood, but a royal priesthood, not just a priesthood, but a kingly priesthood that he calls us in. That we will rule his house and of charge of my court. Have you ever thought about that? That you could in somehow be involved in the affairs of the courts of heaven? And have some kind of charge. Have some kind of authority in those, in those courts. And not just be there, but God actually says, come and rule with me. Come. I want you to rule with me. I want you to exercise my reign, the reign of my kingdom. I want to use you. I want you to be instrumental in this. I want you to serve and I want you to rule. 
And this is what the Lord is calling us to. And I will give you right of access amongst those who are standing here. Isn't that wonderful? He says, I want to give you access. And I, the Bible scholars are, are divided on what that really means. But if it's in the courts of, of the living God, there's going to be seraphim. There's going to be living creatures. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be dignitaries. And, and God says, I, I want you, those dignitaries, I want to give you access to walk among these. That's what the Lord is promising us. And it says here now, O Joshua the high priest, you and your friends who sit before you now, for you, they are men who are a sign. And behold, I will bring my servant the branch, for behold, on the stone. And I want to stop there quickly because here now, Joshua high priest, you and your friends who sit before you, for they are men who are a sign. Everybody's looking for signs and wonders. Right? Turn to the person next to you. He says, you got sign. You are a sign. You are a sign. I know sometimes people wonder about you. So I don't know if you're a sign and a wonder. But you are certainly a sign. Biblically, you are a sign. You are a sign of a person that can come before the throne of God. You are a sign of a person that can be cleansed of their sins continually. You are a sign of a person that is called to rule and to reign, to be part of a royal priesthood. That is who you are. And every time, I want to say to you every time, and I can't emphasize this enough, that every time that you enter, you come away better than when you entered. Not because you are great, but because God is. And God has something in store for us that is far beyond our, med- our imagination. I mean, we all know about this ruling and reigning with Christ, but here's this thing that God wants to give us rule of His courts. Do you know that there's courts in heaven where things, and the things on earth and the things of the ages are being decided? And God says to you, come. Who, me? Yes, you. Why me? Jesus. Come. Just before you get ahead of yourself, it's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. I want to encourage you tonight. Don't ever let a filthy garment stop you. It didn't stop Joshua. Don't ever let, I'm not good enough. I've been too bad. I've got to clean up my act a little bit before I can come to church, before I can access Jesus again. No, no. You come as you are. He loves you too much to leave you the way that you are. But come as you are. The thing is, if you try to clean yourself up, you just make a bigger mess. Who have you tried to clean yourself up? And the more you tried, the more you failed. Right. So you've had that experience. I want to encourage you. Come to the throne of grace. Boldness. That is what we are invited. That's one of our, I believe it's essentially what Jesus has given us. His access. He's given us access to grace. He's given us access to mercy. He has given us access to forgiveness. He has given us access to rule in his courts. Or to have charge of his courts and to rule in his house. He's given us access. 
it's up to you what you do with the access. If you have access but you never use it, I want to tell you that the devil will keep you out of court with threats. I'm going to expose you. Let's go to the judge quickly. The word of God says, agree quickly with your accuser that you may be at peace. The best thing that you can do if there's a court case against you and you're innocent says, let's go to court. Let me, because if there's a verdict of innocence against me, it doesn't matter what you say. And here's the beauty of us in Christ. When we come with our filthy garments, guilty as we are, we get pronounced not guilty because of the blood of Jesus. Isn't that the best news out? You are guilty as sin. (laughs) That's why they call it guilty as sin. You are guilty, but you get absolved by the blood of Jesus. Why would you not want to go? I want to encourage you tonight. Always, always, always. You'll come out better when you come before the throne of grace. Who of you believe this? I really want you to go and read this portion of scripture again. And just allow the Lord to minister to you because this is our privileged position in Christ Jesus to come. Turn to the person next to you. Says you can if you're in Christ, you can come. You're welcome. Tell them you're pretty amazing now, but you're gonna be even more amazing when you come out. Who of, you would, who of you would like to ask God, God, you know, there's ruling and reigning with you, God. Ruling in your court and having charge, having charge of your court and ruling in your house. Who of you sense that the Lord is calling you to that rule? The rest of you is like, oh no. Haven't thought about that. Ruling and reigning, that's what we've been called to. Amen? That's what we have been called to. I want to tell you the enemy wants to keep you small. The enemy wants to keep you thinking nothing of yourself. I'm a worm. I can do nothing. And God has called us to more than that. God has called us. In fact, who of you believe that the Lord has called you as prophets? Don't be shy. Doesn't mean you won yet. Who feel that you've been called? Just put your hands up again. Keep them up. Thank you, Jesus. Keep them up because there's one prerequisite of a prophet of God. You need to spend time in his courts. The question is of of the prophet. When have you spent time in my courts? So why don't you, well, the people that believe that they've been called to the prophetic or called as prophets, would you just stand quickly, if you don't mind? Thank you, Jesus. There's a word out that the prophetic is one of the redemptive purposes of Shofar Stellenbosch. Is the prophetic. And even as the movement to be a prophetic movement, it would be kind of strange, a prophetic movement without prophets. It'll be like Kentucky Fried Chicken without chicken. So praise God for many people that the Lord wants to raise up as prophets. Those that... Uh, or around them, won't you just go and lay hands upon them and ask the Lord that the Lord will prepare them, that the Lord will, will truly allow them to encounter God in His presence so that they will spend time in His courts. 
Father, we just want to thank you. We thank you that many are called, few are chosen. And the ones that are chosen are the ones that are willing to go through the process. So, Father, we just thank you for those that you have, have stirred an unction in their heart towards the prophetic and to be called as a prophet. And we thank you for them, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for the grace to go through the process of being tested and being prepared to walk in such a powerful office. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for a house whose part of redemptive purpose is the raising of the prophetic voice. So, Father, I pray whatever has silenced the prophetic voice, we just want to come and we just want to silence, that we want to take that silent cap off, that mute button off the prophetic in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, every prophet that was put in a cage because of a Jezebelic spirit, in the name of Jesus, we proclaim freedom tonight in the name of Jesus. Every prophet that suffered from intimidation, in the name of Jesus, we just come and we take off intimidation off you in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that those people would, especially those, Lord, will spend so much time in your courts. They will spend time in your courts. They will be, they will be a people that are accustomed to your court. They will be, they will be well known in the corridors of heaven. In the name of Jesus. They will not be infrequent visitors. But I pray God they will take up residence. Even in the spirit God. And they will spend time in your courts. And as you counsel nations. And as you counsel them with regard as with regard to the affairs of men. I pray God for the boldness to speak in the name of Jesus. Whatever have kept you silent. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And we call it into that binding in the name of Jesus. And we loose the true prophetic over this church in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You can blow it again. It doesn't matter if it comes out a little skew at the beginning. That's a word for some of you. That's a word for some of you. Some of you prophets, don't worry if it comes out a little skew at the beginning. Just be faithful to continue. Just be faithful to submit those words. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And now the rest of you. You're not excluded. The throne of grace is for you too. Take that offer up. Use your access. Use your access and go often and boldly to the throne of grace. Until you can truly say that that song says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And don't worry. I'm not saying that you should deliberately soil your garments by sinning or by the things of life. But I want to say to you that if you do sin and when you do sin, do not allow that to condemn you to the place that you do not want to appear before God. Here's the shocker. God knows about your sin. I know some of you are feeling desperately exposed now. 
But God knows. You might hide it from your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your girlfriend. But God knows. God knows. He's not surprised. So you can as, might as well get rid of it quickly. Amen. Go often. Go often. Go as often as it takes. Go as often as you want to. The throne of grace is open. Always. Because of Jesus. Father, I just pray for a, for a congregation that will not only find themselves congregating in a school hall, but find themselves congregating at the throne of grace. I pray, God, for a people that would appear often before you with freedom, with confidence, with no condemnation. A people that are not soft on sin, but are so so desperate for holiness that they will appear before your throne of grace often. They won't wait once or twice a year. They won't do a, a, a once a year or a once quarterly, but I pray, God, for a daily. I pray even for an hourly. I pray, God, for a people that will say, say, throne of grace, here I come. And they will be so familiar at the throne of grace. <laughs> I pray, God, that the angels say, oh, you again. Are you again? He's here again, Lord. She's here again. More grace. More mercy. More. Thank you, Father. Who's got some filthy garments now? Who wants to go now? Let's go. <laughs> Father, right now, right now, if that's you, just stand. Right now, all over this place, Lord. People coming to your throne of grace. Thank you, Lord, not with shame in their hearts, but with boldness and confidence of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Here we come. Lord, we've been, but here we come again, God. We're coming again, God. Because we all need Maybe we all don't all need mercy, but we certainly all need grace. <laughs> maybe you, you were really good today. Or maybe you just prayed for forgiveness just before you came, but I want to say to you, you might not need mercy tonight, but you need grace. <laughs> so Father, we come. And right now, we just position ourselves at your throne of grace. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to leopard crawl and grovel and work our way back. Thank you, Lord, that we can just come as we are. And as we come as we are, we live better than we've been. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just receive it right now. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. Throne of grace open 24-7 for eternity. And you can come. You are welcome.
Some of you might wonder, but aren't you sort of promoting a licentiousness now that people will sin because they can go quickly? No, no, no. I want to tell you, your best bet at holiness is the presence of God. Your best bet at holiness is becoming like God is in his presence. That's your best bet. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.